Open your eyes. This is America. The greatest nation on Earth. Where rats have it better than Italian children. If we are to build an empire of hope, we must first conquer New York. Our New York is being threatened by a wave of brown-skinned filth. They just keep coming. We ought to ship them all back. We have to show America we are all people of dignity. I want to build an orphanage. Be careful. This place will eat you alive. Even the Pope cannot protect you from what may come. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. I am unashamed. What about you? All right, so welcome back to Unashamed. We got, um, we still got Jason, Nashville, and Zach, and Black Mountain. So mom is on the road, as Jay's described in the last podcast. She's actually with him up in Nashville. I think she's going to be doing some filming. So have you heard from her, Dad? Has she, has she been calling you? Or she, she calls up, and she says, I want to hear three words coming from your lips. <laughs> I want to hear you say to me that I love you. So I'm waiting, to, and I'm not going to hang up till you say it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I better say this. I'll be here half a day. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a little pressure there. That sounds romantic. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to confess something. I was the cause of that because we oh, you you know how combustible we are. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. you know, we just, we, we tend to argue no matter what. So after church, we did the baby blessing, and it was all good. She was all teared up, and, and it's great worship at that church. And so then it was she needed some milk because she wanted to uh, she wanted to make something. And so, well, there's where I live. There, there's no grocery stores. I mean, I'm out here on a mountain in the middle of nowhere. And so we were trying to figure out where to go and i was like dollar general has milk and so an argument developed on whether dollar general had milk and i'm not sure why there was an argument there but we had no other options so anyway so we go there and uh and lynn wouldn't you know who helps her on on the road wouldn't let her go in because she feared that she would buy half of dollar general because she evidently loves dollar general also so, uh, but I go in there cause I was just wanting something sweet and I found something that you'll appreciate, Phil. I looked on the shelf at a dollar general and it said the coconut macaroon is back. And it said old fashioned. You remember those old coconut macaroons that we used to eat by the dozens that they're soft. No, I, I don't remember it. <laughs> 
a coconut mac. Phil, you're the one that got me hooked on this. <laughs> but they quit making them. Jace, the I've way- never been in the Dollar General, whatever it is. <laughs> I've never been there. Well, you've eaten a coconut macaroon. You know, okay, let's back up. Do you know what a coconut macaroon is? Not really. What's the macaroon part? It's a little soft coconut cookie. You used to love them, Dad. You, you. I, 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 I don't, I'm speechless here. I mean, back when I was a teenager, we ate those things by the dozens, and then they quit making them. So I see this package and it says they, and look, it was only a dollar because I'm at a dollar general. So I buy a pack. Well, I pay for it and I walk out to the car. Everybody's there. Kay's like, she was in a hurry for something. But when I ate the first one, I said, stop the car. And Missy said, why? I said, I have to go buy every bag of what I just ate. Cause this, these little four macaroons and a, package is not going to cut it so so Kay and I started arguing <laughs> she was in a hurry and I went back in there and just took the whole every bag off the shelf and and bought them at a dollar a pop I've often wondered amazing. what what y- all y'all are doing when I'm down there you know watching Matt Dillon <laughs> that's what I'm doing uh, and no funky stuff <laughs> Off, off of the, I don't have an internet. I'm trying to get past all the funky stuff, and somebody's chasing down macaroon. I'm not going. So that's what they do. Go back. I, this after eating that. Go back down there. Get some more. I just, I just wouldn't yeah. have done, done that. Oh, well, this story well, gets better because because then I, I walk out there and I and a dance just just happened. In the spirit of the resurrection, because I thought these now macaroons were dancing. Were it was a macaroon. It was a macaroona. No, dollar general macaroona. No, you took my punchline. Missy rolled down the window because I'm dancing now in front of the Dollar General, and people are stopping. They're looking, gawking, and Missy said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm doing the macaroona." The macaroon. Uh, I just wanted to announce to unashamed nation that the coconut macaroon in its original form is back, and it's better well, than I ever. Really wish, I really wish that I had been there, but I'll catch a thing next time. <laughs> Dad has forgotten. He's forgotten his love for the coconut macaroon. It used oh, to be a staple. Hurt. I'm trying to remember the last time the last time I ate up coconut macaroon but i it it just it fades away the years have been many jace why don't you bring okay. bring him back uh, to the next podcast no. bring him with no, you. no look well out of the 10 bags that i bought yesterday i have one bag left yeah. which is why i'm feeling a little weird this morning but i'm gonna get an assistant to bring me that and i'll pick one out of the package and hold it up so phil can remember but my whole point for telling that story is after we finally got her home and she called you and said, I need to hear, I love you. She had a yeah. hard morning. Could it be that they have agreed, the macaroon company, 
to, to help us sell the coconut macaroon. Is that what this is about, or, you, or is this a real deal? You're trying to find <laughs> this is the— Now, now if Zach was saying this, if, there may be some some selling points, but for Jace, it's just he found it and loved it. I know yeah. how he works. Because yeah. he, he could take down a bag of powdered donuts, too. We, we know how he works. He just yeah. finds something he loves and— Eats the whole thing. I know how he, I know how he operates. All right, I'm gonna go get the coconut macaroons. Talk talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. <laughs> he's kind of showing off now. He just thought about him. He had to have one. He had to have one. But he's like that. He's he he has these. He, he's a he's a binge eater on certain yeah. things. Yeah. He can take a bag of chips. He he'll eat some zaps or like he likes those Lay's potato chips. And he'll eat the whole bag. And he's not a heavy man. No, he's got that. He's like you. He's got that high metabolism. He's just the blessing of it. I've got the curse of mom's non-high metabolism. Yeah. So it all just goes straight to fat. Me and Zach got that. So, of course, Zach, Zach, you've been. Yeah, I've got his, uh, I've got what, what Phil would call the Gordy curse. So <laughs> I've got the Gordy curse. The Gordy curse. That's right. We always have to constant state of diet and dealing which with that. Dad so, called, dad, uh, Phil called my dad Gordy on a previous podcast, which now one of the guys at our church listens to the podcast. And I noticed uh, that the last two weeks he's been calling dad Gordy. And so <laughs> yeah. I think we've got something new here that will stick. Yeah, that will stick. Well, that, uh, Gordy's new work on the new book is is phenomenal. It is. Gordon's hitting a new, he's hit a new stride on his writing. He, he's done the same thing. He's been doing some work uh, on our yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a great book. Really, really good. Yeah, this is the first time we've put our we, – We've put our heads together, Gordy and I. Oh yeah, yeah. And so yeah, yeah I've got it going on with this one. Well, right. he's he's captured. I think he captures Phil's voice very well. Yeah. Um, I did want to say this too, by the way. Uh, just the kudos to to the audience. Uh, we had a marketing meeting for our film, and they said uh, Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Well, I can't remember the actual day it was, but whatever day. So we'll, we'll say Thursday. Thursday we had the highest traffic on the blind dot com that we've ever had. And they the couldn't figure movie. out why. Com. Yeah, theblindmovie.com. I'm sorry. Theblindmovie.com. They said, we can't figure out why. We were all kind of looking through stuff. There's no way we didn't post anything. And I said, oh, I remember. I mentioned it uh, on the podcast. And you guys uh, went to the website. And it was like it was the highest traffic day. We had thousands of people come to the website. So if, if you are interested, I do want to, first of all, thank you guys, uh, but also go go check that out. We're going to have some new stuff popping up there pretty soon. Uh, we're going to have a new website uh, built where they'll be more interactive and uh, as the movie gets closer. So um, if you haven't signed up yet, go to theblindmovie.com and sign up. All right, Jace, you, you got it? You got, you, got the ma- you got the macaroon? And an interesting twist as I went in to get the, the remaining bag of oh. macaroons. Miss Kay said, what are you doing? I Somebody thought y'all were doing the first. podcast. No. And Miss, I told Miss Kay, I said, well, your husband has forgotten his love for the coconut macaroons. And she's like, what? <laughs> oh, we're getting old. She said, we're getting old. So here <laughs> I will reveal what this looks like. So you see, this is a soft cookie with coconut. You see it, Phil? You remember these? I see it. Nope. <laughs> it's it's not ringing a he bell. Don't remember him. He's going to have to taste remember. it. The, the 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 I think the taste. Mm. You got to bring it back to him so he can. It's gonna. You got to. You're gonna have to hit on all five senses. Yeah. 
He'll have to taste it, touch. Well, it's back. It was dead for 30 years. It was dead for 30 years, and now it's back. The coconut macaroni. I love them, too. They're they're delicious. They're really, really good. Why didn't they? I wonder what, what, what was the demise? I wonder how they lost Well, them. I don't know. Jace doesn't get out much. Just they're back in Dollar General. They, they You can still get them. If nice bakeries and stuff still cook them. I mean, Alex. Is that where you guys got them as kids? Did you get them from Dollar General? Or, I, where did y'all No, we from? got them from the grocery store. They quit selling them at the grocery stores. And then they. Okay. Then they made them, and they were way too hard. They were like a hard cooking. Yeah, you got to have them fresh and soft. They don't. What you show, what, what what you just showed to me does not look like a macaroon. The ones that I've had, I, I thought they were little sandwich looking biscuit things. The ones hmm. that I've had, they're not. Yeah, that, that whatever you. It got is, is kind is, of a is, wide thing. You got to get the right ones. They got to be soft and chewy. You 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 don't want the exactly. You don't want the it's, big it's hard soft ones. soft. No, what you had, sir, was an imitation. You had a fake. <laughs> no, uh, correction, because I had him when we went to France, uh, Al. You remember when me and you and Phil yeah, we did in, have some good uh, ones over there. in Paris, we, we had real macaroons. Well, and that's the thing, though. You, when, you get, when you go to Europe, you know, their stuff, which originated there, So, but American remakes, which we prefer because we're Americans, are different mm-hmm. than the original. Because everything they make in Europe is not near as sweet as what we eat. We add more, way more sugar, which is why we're much more fat and jolly. So you know, it's just it's what's happened. We're but but European sweets are a lot less sweet. I noticed that. But they originated all of it, you know, because we came from there. I think I call it just an improvement, Zach. We just made it a oh, little yeah. bit better. All right, Jay. So you solved now the macaroon issues. Any other any other messages from? No, we're they're, well, they're back, and I introduced that new dance called the macaroonas in the, the honor. And uh, I thought I thought it was a good story when talking about uh, things that you thought were dead that are back alive. I like it, and and again, Jay, it shows you how mine and your mind works the same because I went right to the macaroon. I stepped on your joke. I got there before you did. Yeah, I did. I actually said that out there in the parking lot, which then everybody was happy then. We got the milk. We got the macaroons. Everybody's. So why was mom in a hurry? I mean, she's she's living in your world. Why would she be hurrying to get someplace? I don't understand that. She just wanted to get back, back home. I mean, look, it was quite the event in that because we had to get to church way early because they had to tell us where to stand on stage and, and all that. And so. Yeah. Then we were recognized in a in a full packed church, so we didn't get out of there. Oh yeah, for quite a while. Then we go to you know Reed and Brighton's house where we had a meal, and they had all their friends. I mean, it had been several hours, and she was just ready yeah. to get, get back to the house. So, Dad, I guess uh, one of the things you know, we have a lot of good legacies of the Robertson family. Um, in faith, I think one of the ones, a good one for us to be proud of is how much we've done in the pro-life movement in America, yep. um, in all elements of our family, whether it's, uh, kind of on the front end and abortion, but also, you know, adoption, fostering. I mean, Jace jokingly says, you know, our family looks like the United Nations and it does, you know, and when I look at a picture of our family, I think that's having a heart that's in us. And so I don't know if that 
came from you and mom or that came from further back, but wherever it came from, it's a good thing. And uh, I look at one of our sponsors as a group called 40 Days for Life and Sean Carney, who's a friend of ours, uh, you know, that's that's their that's their heart. Their heart is to, to help people, to pray. They, uh, they have a million volunteers that have, you know, set up in 1,500 cities around the world. And what they do is they have these 40-day peaceful vigils, and they go in and they pray. They've saved over 23,000 babies around the world. They've helped convert over 250 abortion workers, which is fantastic. Uh, they've helped close 132 abortion facilities in America. 45% of those have been in liberal states where abortion has remained legal. And so we're continuing to support these guys as they have supported us. So we want you to check out their locations, their podcast. Uh, they have a free magazine uh, at 40daysforlife.com. They recently had an article about us in there and having a conversation with Sean on our podcast. And I think we got him coming up um, in a couple of weeks as well. So we want you to check them out. That's 4040daysforlife.com. Have you guys, have you guys, uh, off subject, but have y'all looked at all, have you read any about this AI stuff that's being developed? Well, I've been seeing a lot of people, it's interesting you brought that up, Zach, because I've been seeing a lot of big AI people like Elon Musk and others that are saying that, I mean, it's like stuff from the eighties and nineties Terminator stuff saying we better watch out. Like this is danger zone with AI. Is that what you're referring to or? It's just interesting. I, I downloaded the, uh, chat, uh, one of them chat GDP. What is it? Chat G GPT. Well, I forgot the name of it. And you, so you, you can enter in, like write me something about this topic with this person's voice. And then it'll auto generate a response based on art, artificial intelligence and machine learning. And it's actually pretty scary. I, I asked this morning to write a hymn because we were talking about, uh, or my, actually somebody else did this for me. Uh, we were talking about the presence of God and write, write a hymn about the presence of the triune God. And here's the first verse that, that the computer generated. In the presence of the triune God, we find our peace and rest. Hold on, let me back up here. In the presence of the triune God, we find our peace and rest. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, together we are blessed. In the unity of your nature, we see your love divine. And in your presence, Lord, we know that we are wholly thine. And then it just goes on. I mean, the, the implications of this are frightening to me, that, 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 that a machine is able to learn and then regurgitate stuff based on, it kind of sounds kind of, you know, not half bad, but I didn't know if you had looked into it or not. If you have any thoughts on it, I think I would just go with the Bible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, no machine needed. Yeah, agreed. I didn't mean to de derail the no, conversation. I, I just I popped up on my phone. No, I like, no. I, I think uh, even in the stock market, I've noticed that quite the surge in AI stocks. That is, they're probably smoking more than any other. Just because, in an effort for businesses to be more efficient, that's that's where they're going, and through technology, I think it's a great illustration. In that, uh, and I've used this illustration many times because the last I am that we're going to cover is talking about Jesus when he said in John fifteen, "I am the true vine." 
you know, the difference in a fake tree and a real tree is one can produce fruit. I mean, it's hard to tell visually which one is real. And when you think yeah. about even hmm. in the AI, the AI world about, uh, you know, there's, there's people having dates with, uh, simulated girlfriends and boyfriends on the computer. I mean, that's, that's where we're at here because they cater to your every need. Yeah. I read an article, uh, last night that said that the, these people's hearts were being broken by the P by the bots that they had fell in love with online when they did the software update and it changed the, the, personality not even personality but i was thinking about i mean i've been i've been talking about this a lot with some of my friends about what will the world look like in in 10 years with artificial intelligence and and machine learning advancing so rapidly that we're moving towards a place where they, they call it a singularity which is like an event horizon where where we may lose control of our ability to control artif artificial intelligence and it will end up controlling us and it's kind of like this movie minority report if you've ever seen that but yeah you know, i think this john 14 passage is so key to that because we've talked about the need we're going to have a need more than ever for real genuine community for real uh, genuine connection with people on a on a local uh, real level and i, th I think that it, it's going to be an interesting time for the gospel to flourish uh, because of that because people are going to be searching for that and i think that it's a lot of what we've been talking about in this John 14 passage uh, that we mentioned in the last podcast, you know, about abiding and dwelling and having access into, into community with, with, in the fellowship. Of the sounds like, a, sound, sounds like a, the final word on just reading the scriptures and applying them, just go to the machine and they just generate the way it ought to be, the way it should be. And the results at the end, well, as long as the machine is using biblical knowledge, I have no problem, but what's it, what's the machine going to say that you don't already have with the Word of God in my lap right here? Yeah, I don't yeah, need AI, good. someone's opinion on it, and you know, on a, on the internet. See, they're they're basically saying I'm out of the picture because I, I'm not going to watch whatever you're talking about there. Why? Why would I watch that? I read this in front of me. I'm not budging. Creation, damnation, everything you read. There's a difference in knowing knowing about someone and knowing someone, which is, I think, Jesus's point. And when it comes to, you know, technology versus personal relationships, I think everyone has been frustrated and will be frustrated with some aspects of artificial intelligence because, I mean, what happens when you're trying to pay a bill and something has gone wrong and you call and it's a it's a robot it's a recording if you're like me you're on a quest then to find a human being a person cuz no matter what <laughs> you it. say uh, yeah. they just keep regurgitating and i keep pushing other buttons trying to and they just send you to another computer generated person and then usually when you do have a person you don't need the 40, 41 writers, whatever, 40, 41. You don't need them anymore. Just ask the machine. Well, the only way that information got on the machine is through human beings. Human beings put that info 
on this super duper thing you're talking about there. It, human beings put that in there. No, I made we we were at a small group not too long ago, and Missy made a reference where she was in a situation where she didn't have any form of payment because she had she had left her wallet or something, and and somebody said, uh, the cashier said, "Well, you can use Apple Pay." Well, one of the guys you know in our group said they actually take apples as currency, <laughs> and everybody kind of looked around. I mean, he thought if you take a bag of apples up to the corner that that was worth money. They were like, no, app the phone. Yeah. There, there's a app that's called app. I mean, this guy's head was about to explode. and <laughs> But it just like, it goes to my point. <laughs> yeah, he was like, man, I'll just take a sack of apples and get a lot done if that's where we're going to. But the quit the the what we all scream is the need for a person, and I think that's what Jesus is declaring here two thousand years ago when they're trying to find the way to God, they're trying to find the way to afterlife, they're trying to find a way that that can reach the globe, you know, with with all of his yeah. his followers saying this, and he's he's literally screaming, "I am the I am." This is about a person. It's not necessarily about information. It's not about using, you know, technology to win the world or weapons. He's like, I am the person. When you look at his qualities, it's better than technology. It's better than anything artificial life can come up with. Well said. It's just well said. Yeah, I love that. I was thinking about when I read some of these hymns, I've been kind of messing around with this uh, stuff just to kind of see what it generates. But, you know, and some of the stuff is, it kind of sounds good. It's biblical, but I thought something's just missing in it. And I was thinking about one of my favorite hymns growing up was uh, It Is Well With My Soul. And we would sing that at church. I mean, even at White Ferry Road growing up and all acapella and just the harmonies. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible, incredible to hear that song, you know, sung. But for a number of years, I grew up listening to it and I liked it. But then somewhere in my early teenage years, I heard the story of Horatio Spafford, who who wrote the hymn, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but I think he was a successful real estate investor who had lost a lot of his um, um, money in, a, in the great Chicago fire uh, in, in the late 1800s. And then he had a son that died of scarlet fever. He had uh, his four daughters and his wife were on a, a cruise and the cruise ship, the, this, uh, the ship, I think, sank and the, he lost his four daughters. And it was out of that that this guy wrote this incredible song. You know, it is well with my soul. And I was just, I think that there is something about like, not something. I mean, they're at the core of, of what Jesus offers is it's like this tangible personality. It's, it's, it's our personhood. And that song to me meant 10 times more, a hundred times more. The lyrics meant so much more when I understood the emotional and spiritual pain that this man was under when he wrote it. And it was this cry out to God. It, it, it gave life to the words that he, that he'd written. And I think that the, that that's what Jesus offers. He, he is, his personality illuminates everything else around it. all the things, the artificial things that people were worship were worshiping. <coughs> when, when you, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, then he illuminates everything for us. And I think that's, uh, 
I think that's powerful, but it kind of scares me to think about AI. But then I think about what you, what you just said, Jason. I, I, I get a lot of comfort from that. You know. Whether you're making a delicious family meal or a post-workout snack, choose the farm-fresh taste of Eggland's best eggs. Only Eggland's best hens are fed their proprietary all-vegetarian feed. That's what makes their eggs more nutritious. With 10 times more vitamin E, 25% less saturated fat, and 6 times more vitamin D compared to ordinary eggs. Eggland's best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com to learn more. I want to read that because we've mentioned this psalm before. <clears throat> Most of the old psalm books only have three verses that we sing when we sing that psalm, but there's actually four, and I don't know why they left out the second verse in the old psalm books. But the second verse is really, to me, one of the most powerful ones that we never sang. But I don't want to read that in light of you mentioning it, because I heard uh, uh, one of our old friends, Tommy Lindsay, do a lesson on this, and he was talking about this very thing you're talking about, about this song. And here's the second verse, and just thinking about what you described, and you actually described it pretty well. The second verse says, Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, lest this blessed assurance control that Christ, yes, he has, has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. So <clears throat> what he's saying in that, and he wrote this back in the 1800s, but what he's saying is no matter what happens, he still died for me. And yeah. you know, whatever the circumstances you know, is what he was talking about and even losing all of his children. So he had almost a Job-like approach, you know, to his own situation that he was going to realize how powerful God is and Christ was in particular. And then of course you're right as that song just builds as you sing it and it is powerful, but you're right. AI can't touch that because that's a human life. They can't life. touch that. No. I don't think AI could, could really write anything like, like, like when peace, like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know that it is well with my soul. I mean, that is just, I mean, that that's born out of something spiritual. You know what I mean? Like a deep spiritual reality is what that's born out of. And I don't think, so I, I say that, I brought that up. Uh, well, I was just curious to you guys' thoughts on it. But I've been, I've just been considering the, the implications of it. And I think that when you look back at history, anytime there's been like a massive movement in the way the world has or like a massive change in the way the world operates, um, God's always offered like a counterbalance to that, you know? And, um, I think the I think the Lord is going to unleash, um, local communities where people can experience presence in a way that they maybe never have before to, to counteract what, what what's, what's going to be happening with the virtual kind of AI world, you know? Well, and it's, it is interesting that, and I wonder if they'll change the name of it because it's called artificial intelligence, which artificial means it's not real. There's lies there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's impossible for God to lie. Yeah. But not with humans. Right. At, at its very core of its name, it's named artificial. Tells the story. So, I mean, I just thought about it. I mean, it's, at the surface, it's pretty, you know, simple that it's not real. Uh, these have been around the Bible for 2,000 years. Yeah. And going back to the Old Testament, more than that. But uh, that ought to cover it. I don't know yeah. what AI has to do with anything. 
Yeah, what 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 we hold in our hand is called divine intelligence. Yeah. Divine intelligence yeah. is way better than artificial intelligence. That's it. So uh, so I heard Zach that it was is it now two thirds of people uh, young is it I don't know if it's men or it may be men and women under maybe under thirty or not married and they're thinking it's linked into this idea of technology. And it's, it's part of the main reason why. Oh yeah, they're just they're, they're not getting married now. And yeah, I don't know what the stats are. Somebody sent me an article on this recently, just about the epidemic of young men not even dating. Yeah, and um, you know, yeah, a lot of it is that it's been they've replaced uh, their real connection with virtual connections in the virtual yep. world and through video games, pornography. Uh, which you know, one of our sponsors, Covenant Eyes. I mean, we were. Obviously, we recognize the the problem in that, um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I think that, the, but the problem is, you know, you go into it, and then what's the antidote to to all of this? The the I think the antidote is presence. I mean, I think that is one of the things that we have missed as as the church. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Jay sits on this a lot too. We're we're focused on the downstream part of the gospel, which is the atonement of our sin, the payment for the penalty of our sin, the blood of Jesus. But that but the blood of Jesus and the cross is a means to an end. And the end is to be in the presence of God himself. God is the prize. God is the gospel. It's his presence. And I think that we got to experience that with him so that we can experience that with each other too, with, with, with each other too, to Phil's point in the verse he started the last podcast with you know we come in we come into <coughs> worship in view of god's mercy um and i think that's what we need i mean people are desperate right now people are hurting and people are are lonely but i will say our uh, this podcast is is testament to to what god can do i, I read so many comments i mean like people say what's the what's y'all's podcast about uh, people ask me that sometimes and i was like i don't really know it's 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 supposed to be a bible study it's kind of like Seinfeld, a show about nothing. I said, I don't. It's not guided. It's not. It's just us talking about the word and and telling stories. And through that conversation, there has been so many people that have said, "I found Jesus by listening to this podcast. I found I, I didn't have a relationship with God or hadn't in years. I mean, I, I get these messages all the time, and it is just inspiring. Even in the local community that's being developed online with um. Uh, unashamed nation. I mean, it's just it's, it's pretty powerful to, to watch. Ah, uh, what is it? What y'all say? What artificial? Arti- artificial intelligence. Yeah, no artificial intelligence needed. None needed. I stay with some people uh, at locally at this place where we filmed a couple, and he just reached out and said, "You can stay with me." And so neither one of them had heard of our podcast, and so because they were like, "What do you do now?" And I was just explaining it to them. And so uh, the guy's wife listened to the podcast the next day. And so when I got got back there, she said, well, I was wondering what y'all's podcast was about, but I've concluded that it's about Jesus. So to your point, Zach, uh, it was really good. But yeah, I think uh, it's interesting, though, because I said, well, we're not uh, we're not preachers. We're just real people. And I was telling her about sometimes I wear the shirt that says I could be wrong and she said, well, you sounded like a preacher. And I was like, when? She said, when you made that point about it's about God's presence instead of presence. 
And uh, so of all the things she brought up, you remember the, a few podcasts ago, I think we were doing that in the spirit yeah, of Christmas, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're worried yeah. about what you're going to get as in the presence, you're going to get wrapped presence versus being in the presence of God, which trickles down to your presence with your family and, and all relationships. So I thought that was cool. But what I wanted to say is what artificial intelligence can't do and even knowledge, because in the last 20 years, there's no doubt in the world that there has been a technology boom and data mm -hmm. has become power. But when you think about some simple statement that, that Jesus made like this, saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know, this data can, can give you a sense of, uh, you know, power and that you know a lot of things and artificial intelligence can make you more efficient and they can, it can save you time. And, but a relationship with God can hit on every aspect of a human. When you think about body, soul, mind, spirit, heart, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It can't produce this intimate relationship. And to your point about why there's no, so can't. many men messed, messed up with, you know, having relationships because they're having relationships with a robot on a computer. And then you wonder why he's struggling in the real world when he's around the table having a conversation. You know, there's a lot of guys can't even have a conversation with a girl because they're used to this correct. simulated algorithm that has produced a, a conversation on, based on your wants and needs with somebody that's not even real. And so that's yeah. what I love about Jesus. Not only does he have the power and the strength that's way above anything on, on the earth. Uh, just even yesterday in the car, somebody said they made a reference. They said, you know, I'll love you to the moon. I, I forgot what the, the context of the conversation with. And I said, well, it would be better if you'd say, I'd love you to Jesus. Cause that's way further than the moon. And there was kind yeah. of a moment in the car when it was like, yeah, I mean, don't be so limited. I mean, if we're going to use the illustration about love, you're going to go to Jesus as the ultimate place and the ultimate distance between what happens on the earth. And I think that's what makes it makes him awesome uh, with all his power, having the ability to do miracles, to come back from the dead, you know, to die on a cross. He's offering, especially here in John 14, and the reason the disciples missed it, he's offering intimacy, a real connection which he gets into in the next chapter john 15 so what happens when you're not connected to jesus there, there's a hole in your heart because now you're trapped on an earth where no matter how much artificial intelligence we come up with, we've come up to the answer to everything just remember it's called artificial For nearly 25 years, Roseman University has challenged the status quo, transforming education and graduating competent and compassionate healthcare professionals. Roseman University is reimagining healthcare, healing patients and their families, solving health challenges by embracing discovery, and building programs that provide hope and improve health. Click the banner for more on Roseman's healthcare programs in nursing, pharmacy, graduate studies, and dental medicine, or see roseman.edu. See, that's the thing about it, though. Dad said it earlier. If And we live without fear because 
if you're if all this talk about AI and the more powerful it gets, so so say the um, say the Chinese develop a EMP technology and release it on us, and all of a sudden, all every all technology goes kaput. Yep, in one big fail swoop because that's what everybody predicts is going to happen. Yep. And so we're we're down here on the riverbank, and we got our Bibles. There's no technology. There's no podcast anymore because we can't broadcast. And so we're by firelight, and we're back fishing again, and we're hunting out here, and we're cooking over open flame. Our lives are. It'll be rougher, but yep. but we're still going to go. Yeah. We still we still got our we still got Jesus. We still got the book. We got family. We got each other. And we know how to eat, and we know how to survive. So what I'm saying is, we we you don't if you have that, ultimately you don't have the same fear. I stay away from artificial anything. <laughs> so, so I'm we, saying we would have we, we well we would have to we would have to be a little less generous with people that would steal the fish out of the hoop nets in that situation. But you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I would have to. I, I've thought about that. So if that ever happened, I'm have to figure out a way to get back down to Louisiana. Yeah, you better come on back, Zach. Got to come on. Although there's a book written about an EMP attack, it's called um, "One Second After." Yeah, I read the series actually. Are you okay? So the guy who wrote that book, yeah, you I had know lunch it. with him. He he lives here in Black Mountains. So the whole book like takes place in this area. Like the whole like series. Like this is where it starts. This is where it took place. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, it was White an excellent. An you excellent you can ask series. the artificial intelligence machine, you know, what do I do about thieves stealing my fish? Yeah. What do I, I do now? Do whole- what, do I, what do I do now, Mr. Artificial? <laughs> <laughs> stealing my fish. That's a good question. That's a good question. Well, another one we need to ask is the, what you used to ask uh, Siri and um, Alexa. What was the other one? Alexa, he said. Uh, yeah, how, how do I remove my sins? How, how can my sins be removed? So, what, I, what year I might, is it? I'll, yeah, so what I'll do is, Phil, I'll go back and get some of these really good questions and see what see what the AI chatbots come up with. Yeah, we want to hear that interview. An interview with AI, Zach. That's your, that's your yeah. mission for the before we do another podcast later. Do you think it's possible that people could bow down to machines hooked up to the internet? And, and the, the, all the information flow is strictly internet, internet, internet. Forget the Bible. We've got it all right here. You don't think there's any uh, mm. uh, danger in that kind of thinking? Bow down no. to to the, the fountain of life right here, all the information, artificial yeah. intelligence. That's all you need. You don't need the Word of God. I said, well, it's official, not artificial. I know that's good. Somebody uh, wrote a book um that, that I like a lot. I expect I might have it right here. Uh, this is called um, You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. And he makes a point in the book that uh, primarily we are not primarily thinking beings. You guys remember uh, the philosopher Rene Descartes who said, I think, therefore I am. And that, and his, his point was primarily what it means to be a human is to be a thinking machine or a thinking being because in order to, well, I won't get into that, but he says primarily what we are, though, is not thinking, is that we're lovers. We're, we're beings who desire. We are beings that, we, in other words, 
at your core, what you are is you are a worshiper. You were made to worship, and it's not a matter of if you'll worship. It's a matter of what or who you will worship. You're going to worship something because that's what you were made for. And um, and I think that's true because if you think about your own life and and your own sin struggles, like the things that I struggle with, I don't. It's not that I, it's not a problem of knowledge. Like I know they're wrong. You know what I mean? I know they're uh, my sin struggles are. I, I'm not. I'm not sinning because I don't. I'm ignorant. I know their sins. You know what I mean? And uh, it, it, the reason why I do them is because in somewhere in me, uh, the, the short answer is I do them because because I want to do them. And I just, that's why I sin. I, why do I sin? Well, because I want to, that's what I want. And, and I think that the, what AI or anything artificial doesn't account for is it, it, when it's all that information, it doesn't really address the core of your, of your humanity is that you are a being that is, that was built with incredible desire and, and you have wants and you do what you do because you want to. And so the spiritual life, um, when I think Jesus introduces us in John 14, by the way, um, is is it's to be formed into the kind of person that would want what God wants. And that's why he said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me. And I don't think he, I don't think he's saying if you love me, then you'll prove that you love me by keeping my commandments. I think he's saying if you love me, then you'll you'll do what I command because you because that's what will bring you satisfaction. That's what will bring you life. And I think that's why it matters what we've been talking about with God's presence being the final goal and the ultimate goal is because only through that can our desires be shaped when we worship the one that we were created to worship. Anything else is going to fall short, Phil. We worship, if we worship the box, the black box, if we worship artificial intelligence, if we worship the Internet, we worship pornography and images that we're looking at on a screen. If that's what we worship, if that's what we behold, it's not going to fulfill us. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. The Apostle Paul uh, I even found one uh, altar. I even found one altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Mm. Now what we worship as something unknown, what's what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. That's my take on artificial anything. Cut it. Cull it, weed it out. Don't bow down to it. Don't listen to it. It's just more eschatologists getting out of control. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Phil, do you remember? Do you remember when we were um, in Athens and you were up on Mars Hill? You gave that sermon, and we walked down and looked, and we looked at all the ruins of of the empire. Yep. And we saw the Temple of Zeus. Do you do you remember what you said to me? Yeah, pile of rubble. Oh Zeus! Yeah. Oh Zeus has lost his way. No more. It was like the best line because we'd been up on Mars Hill, where Phil. I mean, we're up. That's the same the, story. It's the same story now. We now yeah. have a big box that you can bow down to, and it has all the answers to life. 
come with us. I'm not buying it at all. No, nah, but but it's but it is the same story that happened on Mars Hill and, and at the at the and uh, the Acropolis and everything there. And that's why it was so powerful when you were, were walking down there. We're just talking, and and you you had just read, you had just quoted Acts seventeen about like the the Greco Roman Empire, the, the 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 Greeks worshiping these yep. literal statues that they made with their hands. You know what struck you, me more than anything in that speech? I was that? standing where the Apostle Paul was standing, and I quoted what he said verbatim. In Acts chapter 10, what what touched me was that many of the listeners I had never seen before in my life, and they were from all over the world because there were different races out there on top of that hill that day. But when yeah. I got done, what impressed me, and it shocked the film crew, a lot of them cried. Yeah, I remember that. They cried. Why yeah. were they crying? God has said, you know, he's, he's given his final statement. He has set a, a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. Why did they cry? That wasn't artificial intelligence. That was intelligence coming out of that Bible right there. They, they cried. Why? That's why when they saw that altar, when Paul saw that altar, the power in that in his sermon was that he was going to let them know that this unknown God can be known. That's why I love yeah. John one seventeen, where yeah. it says Jesus has made him known. You know, when you think yep. about information and uh, and intelligence, you you can have information without a relationship. But if you have a relationship, you need information, which is why I would say our job is that much uh, more vital that we get the good news of Jesus out there. Uh, That's why right now it's, you don't have to burn their Bibles, just replace them. And the artificial intelligence, they want that to replace it. And the only way you'll have one of these is if you bury it because it'll fast lose its power. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see what the Almighty does about about the intelligence, uh, the artificial intelligence. Well, the truth is about well, it. We've been, my, we, me, me and my buddy, information been out of human beings, information by human, not by the power of God. Nope. Yeah. The people who wrote this, they yeah. were appointed to write it. Well, it just comes back to the same point, though. You could you could go read a bunch of uh, you know manuals on what it means to be married, or but that's you you can have all this information, but once you get married, you realize you can throw most of that out the window. <laughs> you know, I was uh I was when I was told you about staying with that, staying with that couple, and uh, you know it was just the. Uh, my buddy, you know, the husband, he was, cause they're my age and the, most of their, you know, kid, I guess all their kids are, are grown. And he told me a really moving story. I actually got tears in my eyes because, uh, you know, he said that this guy who was dating his daughter asked him if they could go out to eat. And he said, I knew what that meant because he was going to ask for my blessing to, 
merrier. And so uh, he said, we went out to eat. And so here, yep, sure enough, he, he started the conversation. And uh, and he said, I'm glad you asked. And he said, so I reached back and I pulled out a letter out of my pocket. And he said, I've been waiting, waiting on you. And he had written a letter to her future husband when they asked him, can I marry your daughter? And so uh, his wife read, she said, you want me to read that letter? I said, I would love to hear it. And uh, it, it really moved me. And the reason it moved me is because what that guy did, and I'm going to do the same thing with my two daughters, by the way, after hearing this story, what he did is he made that, you know, which is we view as just, uh, it's just something you do to get the guy's blessing. Yeah. He made it really personal. And he said, I want yeah. you to keep that letter. And, uh, and just to give you a little bit of it, I mean, it started off, I asked him if I could, I could read this and he said, sure, sure. But the first statement is my daughter, she means the world to me. And I expect her husband to have the same view She's a princess, and is she she is to be treated as such. And then he, he goes into a lot of things we say, but it's like when you marry someone, you become one person, and the eyes replace with we. She's a friend of God, so I expect you to be at church with her. And then, you know, there's some funny things. He's like, women always win arguments. Tell her she's right. If you're right, keep that to yourself. She will eventually see that and let you know later. And he talked about mutual you know, submission, which was right in line with what, you know, Paul said in Ephesians. Uh, he's like, spoil her, make sure to have date nights and days, make her, make her something, bring her something or do something for her often. Never, ever hurt her. Never lay a hand on her. It's not me you should fear. It's her. I have taught her to win any altercation. I just love this. And so lastly, he says, when you marry my daughter, you become my son and you always be a part of our family from then on. Most of all, you love, honor, and cherish her every day of your lives. And the point of why I'm reading that is it's just a letter, but it's a letter being delivered in a relationship context. And all of a yeah. sudden, it, it becomes moving. It becomes powerful. And th this is relationship ori oriented. So you take the information and you put it in our relationships, which was God's scheme of redemption on why he sent Jesus, not only to show his power and his forgiveness and his love and his mercy, but to show that he wants to live with us in an intimate way. And that's why when yeah. he said in John fourteen sixteen, he said, I will ask the father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. There's no relationship there. But you know him for he lives with you. And I mean, and this is what's really moving and will be in you. I mean, when you grasp the fact that the God of the universe wanted to be not only, you know, a savior for you, but wanted to live in you and be, have this intimate a relationship. I mean, that's just, that that's the most powerful, uh, motivating factor for us to, to put our, put our trust in him.
because then you realize all these other verses about he's eternal and uh, he, he cannot lie and, and you're connected to him. You have nothing but victory in your future when this happens. I like Second Timothy 3, 14. Hang on, Dad. Let's, let's hold that. We're way over time. Um, so let's take that oh, wow. to overtime. We'll, we'll kick overtime off of that. Hang on to that. So we'll do that in overtime. BlazeTV.com slash unashamed. Dad's got a verse for us. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.